Welcome to Live at the Ballpark. On this episode, you'll hear the story of a minor league baseball executive who received a phone call from a man he had never met, and it changed the course of his career and ultimately led to the Basketball Hall of Fame. I took the Bill Veck approach that every night at the ballpark, it should be fun, should be entertaining, uh, there should be things going on that fans couldn't even anticipate that uh, this is the place to be. Uh, we can't guarantee that the home team is going to win, but uh, we can guarantee you everything else, that it's going to be a great night for you, and you and your family are going to have a terrific time. So come on out to beautiful Duncan Park. Welcome to Life at the Ballpark. Sharing stories from players, managers, and coaches, and even NBA executives about their lives around baseball. This episode's coming to you from a rather unlikely place, the RDV Sportsplex in Maitland, Florida, home of the Orlando Magic. Hi, I'm John Frost, and my guest today is Pat Williams, Senior Vice President and Founder of the Orlando Magic. Pat, thanks for sharing about your life at the ballpark. John, anytime we can talk about the ballpark... (laughs) And the memories that come flooding out of ballparks, well, that's, that's good for me, and that's good for you, I know. It's an honor to see you again, old friend. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a few years. Uh, one of the amazing things about Pat Williams, there's so many things to talk about. Well, first of all, you're primarily known as a basketball guy, which is well-deserved. I mean, you're in the Basketball Hall of Fame, right? You, you were one of the founding members of the Orlando Magic, which is a wonderful story in itself, which I'd love to hear. But one of the things that people may not know about Pat Williams is your love for baseball. And I have run across you over the years. I first met Pat 25 years ago when I launched an all-sports radio station here in Orlando, and you were one of our talk show hosts. You came aboard, and you did talk shows, and you're a wonderful host, and you're a wonderful interviewer, but through that experience, I learned about your love for baseball. Well, my roots are in baseball, John. I uh, grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. My best friend growing up was a a young guy named Ruley Carpenter. Yeah, his father, Bob Carpenter, was the owner of the Phillies at that time. <clears throat> and uh, I was a, a baseball uh, addict. And uh, Ruley and I hung out together. I can still vividly remember uh, going up to Shibe Park with his father driving and Ruley and I in the back seat. We would have been about 10. Oh, my gosh. 11, 12 in that period. And so I grew up uh, with those wonderful advantages because of my friendship with Ruley. Every March, we would go down to Clearwater and spend a week at the Phillies training camp. Uh, that was always a, a great highlight. So I had some wonderful advantages. I was a catcher, uh, played through high school. That led to my years at Wake Forest, where I was a catcher on the Deacon baseball team for four years. And then, uh, right after graduation, I signed with the Phillies. And they sent me to their Miami club in the Florida State League. I spent two years as a minor league catcher. Uh, at which point the Phillies had seen enough of me behind the plate, and they said, let's take a look at you behind a desk. (laughs) And uh, I spent five years uh, in the middle of running minor league ball clubs for the Phillies, including four years in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So if you're following this, that would take me to age 28. And uh, then, then there was a dramatic change that seemingly came out of left field, and You know, I'll be happy to share that story with you if you want. Please do. Well, 
I walked into the little ballpark in Spartanburg. Uh, it was the night of the Western Carolinas League All-Star Game, which we were hosting. And I noticed there was a pink phone slip. We don't do them anymore. Uh, to return a phone call to a Jack Ramsey in Inglewood, California. Well, I thought, Jack Ramsey, I knew him. He was the basketball coach at St. Joe's in Philly for years. He, I knew him as the current general manager of the 76ers. What in the world would he be calling me about if indeed it was not Jack Ramsey? Well, I returned the call uh, to Inglewood, California, and sure enough, <clears throat> it was Jack Ramsey who explained to me that he was uh, trading Wilt Chamberlain to the Lakers Uh, at that time and he was also taking over the coaching duties in addition to his GM's uh, post needed somebody to run the front office because he was going to be a full-time coach Uh, would I be interested now understand I never met Jack Ramsey we did not know each other Uh, that led to two trips to Philadelphia for interviews that summer of 1968 and eventually, they offered me the post as the business manager to, to run the front office because Jack was going to be away as a coach. Uh, that would it never happen today, but it happened then. And at age 28, I left the Spartanburg, left the Phillies organization, moved to Philadelphia, not with the Phillies, but with the 76ers, and uh, spent that year. Uh, running the club and overseeing all the promotional stuff and all the wacky stuff we did in Spartanburg. We brought it right to Philly. And that began this uh, 51-year romp through the NBA, which uh, has continued all these years. Now, at that point, had you ever considered a career in basketball? Oh, heavens no. Now, I was a basketball fan, a big one. I can remember as a high school kid we were up at the palestra in philadelphia every weekend the big five of philadelphia were playing and we were we were basketball nuts uh went to nba games saw the philadelphia warriors uh, we i was a basketball uh, a hoop nut knew the game and followed it very closely but um, my career was in baseball and that's where i I really felt I was headed until that phone call from Jack Ramsey uh, just changed totally the course of my life. So the moral of the story is answer your phone. Yeah, and return your phone calls. (laughs) I once asked Jack Ramsey uh, later on that season, 68-16, I said, Jack, what, what prompted you to call me? Uh, well, what, what, can you tell me about that? Well, he didn't say a lot, but all he said was there was a lot more known about you here in Philadelphia than you might have thought. Well, the reason for that, Spartanburg was a Phillies farm club, and we were doing a lot of uh, crazy things and drawing people and, and entertaining our fans, and numbers of Philadelphia writers had come down there. Uh, to get a column or do a story on uh, the Phillies Farm Club in Spartanburg and this zany guy who was running it. And uh, I think that's what Jack meant, uh, that there was information that was coming back up from this little city in South Carolina uh, that was a Phillies Farm Club. So someone's always watching. Uh, That's a great point, John. And I tell young people that. Uh, don't, Don't ever take a day off. Uh, don't ever come to work sloppy or don't even be sloppy or careless out in the community on a Saturday morning. It reminds me of my wife, Ruth, who never, never leaves the house, no matter what, <clears throat> without her full makeup on. 
and without her hair done, even if it's to go to Publix to get groceries. You know, she uh, models that about always, always looking 100% because you never know, you know, how people are going to weigh or measure or, or judge you just on your appearance. It's a good lesson. It is a good lesson. Now, part of that that you skipped over as you're talking about your move into basketball was the idea that you were executive of the year for that team, the Phillies team in, in the minor leagues. I was, and that was a great honor. Uh, I was the league executive of the year several, about three years, and then nationally, the Sporting News had a, uh, a determination, and they named me as the executive year for the 1967 season. Uh, we had good years in, in Spartanburg. The Phillies put good ball clubs in there. Uh, 66, 67, 68, we were a championship team. And uh, we had good young players coming along in their system. And I, uh, I took the Bill Veck approach that every night at the ballpark, it should be fun, should be entertaining. Uh, there should be things going on that fans couldn't even anticipate that uh, this is the place to be. Uh, we can't guarantee that the home team is going to win, but uh, we can guarantee you everything else, that it's going to be a great night for you, and you and your family are going to have a terrific time. So come on out to beautiful Duncan Park. Now, you've written over 100 books, right? Many of them leadership, encouragement, positive attitude, yeah. um, uh, motivation, mm -hmm. those kinds of ideas. And as you have written your books, you've also included some of your heroes. You wrote a book about Bill Veck. Tell me about your relationship with Bill Veck. Well, here's what happened, John. In, uh, in 1962, I was in the Philly system. I had signed with them, and I'm down in Miami, uh, you know, riding the buses and getting to catch uh, occasionally. And uh, I was in a bookstore down in Miami on a day off in July of 1962, and I noticed uh, in the bookstore a, uh, a book, a series of books there uh, that got my attention. The, the name of the book was Vec as in Wreck. There was a picture of Bill Vec sitting in a stadium, you know, an empty stadium with his foot up on the rung or the chair in front of him. And, and this was Bill Vec's life story. Well, I read the book, uh, just riveted me. I, I love this book. I still think it's the best sports book ever written. And um, in the book, uh, there was mention of this fellow who was running the Miami club where I was named Bill Durney, who had been working with Bill Vec in St. Louis with the Browns years before. So at the end of the season, I went to Bill Durney and I said, I'm going back to my home in Wilmington, Delaware before going to grad school. And I know that Bill Veck is living in Easton, Maryland, about two hours from my home in Wilmington. I, I said Bill, to Bill Durney, is there any way that you could uh, arrange or help me go visit Bill Veck? Well, Bill Durney took care of that and I ended up uh, at Bill Veck's invitation to come down and see him. Now, uh, I got there. I, it was a beautiful September morning. I got there about 11.30 in the morning. I was nervous. Who wouldn't be? Driving up to his estate, and I parked and got out, and there he was sitting uh, on, the, on the steps of his porch. And uh, I recall he Smoking had, a cigarette, probably. probably and, yeah. and he was reading. Yeah. Uh, he had his shirt off. His leg was off, 
and uh, there he was and he greeted me very warmly i was hoping maybe just 20 minutes you know but five hours later i left a uh, little realizing uh, that this was going to be a life-changing relationship for me and uh, from that point on uh, bill took a great interest in me i had army duty i had to do but i came out and I'm now the 24-year-old general manager of the Spartanburg Phillies, uh, and there is Bill Vack, always available to me, you know, to call him and uh, bounce off promotional ideas, and, you know, and, and for some reason, uh, and, and he was retired at the time, you know, he was out of baseball at that time, but he took a great interest in me. Uh, I never worked for him. He got back in baseball with the White Sox, and he ran a racetrack up in Boston, Suffolk Downs. And uh, But he always um, just seemed to be kind of intrigued with this young guy who has all these ideas, and uh, he's bouncing him off Bill Vack, and Bill seemed just, uh, well, uh, Bill loved that stuff. You know, he just loved it. And so for 25 years, he was a friend. He was a mentor. Uh, he was an influence in my life. And so some years ago, I began thinking about uh, what uh, what really did I take from Bill Vec? And, and it ended up being this book, Marketing Your Dreams, Business and Life Lessons from Bill Vec, Baseball's Marketing Genius. Uh, so there's a chapter on Bill Vec on reading, Bill Vec on writing, uh, Bill Vec on um, <clears throat> leadership, Bill Vec on entertainment and fun, you know, all the different aspects of his life. We did a chapter on each one of them. Bill Vec as a public speaker, uh, all these areas that I really took from Bill and, and uh, applied in my own career and my own life. Remarkable influence on you and, you know, life repeats itself, doesn't it? Now you're having that same effect on other people, not only directly with people who are around you here in Orlando, but pe and people in the league, people in basketball, but in the writing that you do, the hundreds of books that you've read, written, that have had a remarkable impact on countless people. Well, good point, John, and I'm very, very sensitive and alert uh, to the people as I was coming along who went out of their way to spend time with me and invest in me and teach me and instruct me. Uh, Bill Durney would have been one of them. Bill Vec would be one, the owner of our club in Spartanburg, uh, way back Mr. Little John, who had an enormous impact on me and others along the way in the basketball world. So when I hear from young people, and I do, uh, either by phone or email or in person, uh, they want to talk, they, they need help, they need direction. Uh, they need advice. They want uh, to take advantage of what I've been through to see how it might affect them. Well, I, um, I always take time for them just simply because um, along the way, these people, Bill Vec never turned me down. You know, anytime I called, he always made himself available and uh, was interested in Mr. Little John in Spartanburg the same way. You know, I could go to him at any time with issues that were, that I needed his wisdom. So I'm uh, trying to do the same thing now. Absolutely, you are. And, and to some degree, that's why I'm sitting here with you right now, is because you did that for me. And I said, Pat, can we talk? And you said, I'm available whenever you are. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, John. Coming up, Pat Williams shares about his amazing journey to collect autographs from the greatest players in the game. At which point he said to me, who are you? Some kind of a collector? 
Well, um, his lawyer jumped in and said, no, Joe, this is this is Pat Williams, and he's uh, the, the runs the Orlando Magic. He's legit. So Joe signed this picture, and we ended up, uh, so I was thrilled that I got the book signed. I got this picture signed, and as it turns out, uh, toughest signature in, in, in baseball. You're listening to this podcast because you have an interest in baseball. If you own a business, what do you think people who call you have an interest in? Yeah, your business. So you need a message on hold. Now, tell your callers about your products and services, locations and hours, special offers and more with a message on hold now. We've been providing telephone on hold messages since 1992, and we can do one for you. Get your custom message on hold now at messageonholdnow.com. Messageonholdnow.com. And now back to my conversation with Pat Williams on Life at the Ballpark. I hope you'll subscribe and share with your friends. There's a new episode each week. Before we get into your love for baseball, which is the center of the podcast, there's also a couple of other things about you that I want to share. One is you're you're a remarkable public speaker. I've heard you speak many times. And not only is your content strong, but one of the things that I really want to ask you about is that you have a unique way of speaking publicly. For instance, you use a lot of quotes. You take historical quotes, encouraging quotes, motivating quotes, but you don't just quote people. You do their voices. <laughs> I have heard you do Winston Churchill. I've heard you do John Kennedy. I have heard you do any number of people. Uh, you're talking about this area of leadership that I talk about, about it called communication. <clears throat> and leadership generally gravitates uh, to the man or woman who can talk. Yeah. And I, 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 I've shared, you know, in, in many occasions, uh, you know, the um, um, important power uh, that great leaders have done simply because of their ability to speak in a way that really moves people. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. So let's get into your love for baseball, which is something that people may not understand. The, the, um, you and I had shared an experience. Uh, we were at a spring training game together one time. It was in the old baseball city. And you had with you a book. You had it very carefully wrapped. It was wrapped in plastic, very well protected. It was in a sack. And during the game, you took it out and you began to leaf through this book. It's a full-page tabletop picture book. Full-page color on one side, full-page article on the other. And you began to leaf through this book, showing me the pages in this book. And I believe the book was called something like The Hundred Best Players in Baseball. Is that what it was? mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about the book was almost every page was autographed. Tell me about that. Well, I had a good time uh, with that. That book came out about 1990. So obviously, since then, you know, the book would have to be completely redone. But um, baseball's greatest names were there. Many of them had passed, were, were former, you know, were not living. But uh, over time, I began to track these players down. And I was able to get Ted Williams to sign his page. And I got Joe DiMaggio to sign his page. And I got Mickey Mantle. Uh, I remember exactly where the, the signings took place. Uh, Bob Feller signed it for me. I got Warren Spahn. I got Early Wynn. Uh, almost all of these guys are gone. Uh, yeah. Willie Mays signed it for me. He's still living. 
uh, Willie McCovey, uh, Ferguson Jenkins, uh, on and on it goes, Pee Wee Reese. Can you remember a certain story about one of these autographs? That's Was there one that was particularly difficult to get? That you... Well, Joe DiMaggio was always the toughest autograph, always. Yeah. And I remember uh, sitting in a limo, and we were up at the Ted Williams uh, induction ceremony at his Hall of Fame, and uh, I ended up in this limo, uh, and sitting right next to me was Joe DiMaggio. And I had this book with me. I also had a picture of him, and I, um, I did not realize uh, that how, how particular and fussy Joe could be. Uh, his lawyer was with him, which turned out to be fortunate, and I asked him if he would sign this book, which he kind of grudgingly did, and then I had a picture, and I asked if he might sign this, at which point he said to me, who are you, some kind of a collector? Well, um, his lawyer jumped in and said, no, Joe, this is, this is Pat Williams, and he's uh, the, the runs the Orlando Magic. He's legit. So Joe signed this picture, and we ended up, uh, so I was thrilled that I got the book signed. I got this picture signed, and, uh, and then uh, we, we drove in silence. I, I had a ball that I wanted him to sign in my pocket, but I didn't dare, dare ask. Uh, I, I thought at that point I might have reached my limit, but that's how I got Joe's signature. And as it turns out, uh, toughest signature in, in, in baseball, his brother Dominic, who became a good friend, totally opposite. Uh, uh, Dom once said to me, he said, I don't go to Joe. I don't go to my brother to ask him to sign anything. Mm-hmm. So Joe, was that was probably the, the toughest one. Uh, but there's a little story probably with each one of them. Uh, Pee Wee Reese, uh, the Magic were in the playoffs in Indi- Indianapolis. Pee Wee lived in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Somehow I got his phone number and I asked if I drove down to Louisville, uh, could I come and see him? To get, well, Pee Wee could not have been kinder. You know, he gave me directions to where he lived. He was standing outside of his condo, standing. You know, uh, as I was driving and waving me to the right place, I mean, he could not have been more gracious. So, uh, kind of interesting stories with all of them. I remember you sharing with me earlier that some of these autographs you would get when people would come down for spring training, and they would be here, and they would want to come to a Magic game. Yes, and yes. And you would hear from them. You yeah. want, they want Magic tickets. Yeah, still, it, still the case. Yeah. Still the case. C.C. Sabathia, for example, over in Tampa with the Yankees. Huge NBA fan. Huge. And um, he'll buy tickets uh, generally once he gets here in February on into March. Uh, he'll just buy tickets, a couple of tickets for every home game. And if he doesn't use them, one of his teammates will. So we uh, we have a flood of uh, Major League ball players that come through here in spring training. Pat, you've just announced your retirement. You've announced your retirement as senior vice president, founder of the Orlando Magic, and knowing you, knowing your 56 marathons and your 100 books and your motivational speaking, I can't imagine that you're slowing down. What's the well, future for Pat Williams? John, I'm not going to. I still am speaking, and I will do that probably till my last breath. I've got a long list of books that I want to get written. And um, I think that's part of my legacy. The other thing that's important to me 
is what I'm calling right now the Pat Williams Leadership and Research Center. It'll be it'll be homed at the uh, First Baptist Church of Orlando, which has a huge area set aside for us. We've got a lot of work to do uh, there. I've, I'm a book collector. I, ever since I was seven, I've collected books and um, we've got, I mean, close to 30,000 books that have to get housed. And uh, that's going to happen down there. We've got some funding to raise, but that's a, and I've got to oversee that. I've got to be very much involved. So that's a, that's a big, big step for me. So there, there's, there are these projects that I want to get done while I still have my health, uh, when my mind is still sharp and I want to get this done and not uh, be in a position to look back in 10 years when I'll be almost 90, uh, that, uh, you know, I just, I just didn't get after it aggressively. I don't want that to happen. So uh, I'm immediately uh, immersed here in, in these projects that are really important to me. Well, Pat Williams, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing about your life at the ballpark. Great to see you, John. Thank you. Listen each week for a new episode. I hope you'll subscribe and share with your friends.